Pandora's box is a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? Oh, I said Pandora's box is a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture and freedom, you know? The freedom to do basic things, basic rights, the freedom to be free. And why am I saying these things? Because some very important things have happened Very important things happened 50 years ago this week. Well, first of all, I should mention, more than 600 people today marked the exact moment when the first American rocketed into space 50 years ago. The ceremony took place at the spot where Mercury astronaut Alan Shepard blasted off on a 15-minute suborbital flight on May 5, 1961. But there's another anniversary of possibly an even longer journey, depending on how you look at it. The Freedom Riders began their journey across the South 50 years ago yesterday. On May 4, 1961, the first group of Freedom Riders left Washington, D.C. to challenge racial segregation on interstate buses and in bus terminals. The Freedom Riders were repeatedly attacked by mobs, mostly in Alabama, but in other states as well. And it makes me think about the rights people have to do what they want and the right to do such basic things, just the pursuit of happiness. Well, eating. What's, what's more happy than sitting at a restaurant and eating food that just makes you really happy? And So this is all getting me meditating here. And I'm going to start out with a song, which tends to happen a lot on this show, that a song happens, and there you go. Lewis Jordan does a song called Salt Pork, West Virginia. He's talking about, well, he'll buy you anything on the menu, you see, and that's his right. Um, he's trying to, uh, to deal with a romantic situation, you know, but we all have the right to have romance, to have freedom, to eat what we want, where we want. And what I'm trying to say is, here's what Louis Jordan's trying to say.
Thank you, Mr. Lewis Jordan. That was Salt Pork, West Virginia. Today is a very important day. This is a very important week. This is the 50th anniversary of the Freedom Riders' efforts to challenge racial segregation on interstate buses and bus terminals. And that takes us to the late James Farmer Jr. He was one of the architects of the civil rights movement in America. In 1942, he co-led what he believed was the first co-ed civil rights sit-in in American history at a Chicago restaurant that refused to serve African Americans. Answers.com says this, Illinois had civil rights laws prohibiting discrimination in many situations, but a local restaurant refused to serve Farmer when he stopped in for coffee with a white friend. After a series of encounters with the restaurant management, Farmer and his friends organized the first civil rights sit-in. He described the scene in his book, Freedom, When. About 25 people, all pledged to the discipline of nonviolence, entered the restaurant at dinner time and quietly seated themselves at the counter and in the booths. Several of the white people were served without question. The Negroes were told that they would be served only in the basement. After a few minutes, the manager realized that none of the white people had touched their food. They explained that they did not think it polite to eat until their friends had been served. The manager became angry and reportedly called the police to have the demonstrators ejected. But the police had been informed in advance and told the manager that the law gave no grounds for them to act. Finally, the manager served the young activists and abandoned the policy of discrimination. That was at a Chicago restaurant in 1942. Now, Farmer and a group of students formed a group called the Congress of Racial Equality, or CORE. That's an organization that sought to bring an end to racial segregation in the, in the U.S. through nonviolence. And this was a good experience in 1942 in Chicago, it seemed like, but in the 1960s, a lot was still wrong. And Mr. Farmer was on fresh air, in fact, and he said these things. This was in 1961. He says, I sent orders by my lawyer to my core staff in New York to begin immediately recruiting freedom riders, white and black, from all over the country, sending them into Jackson to try in true Gandhian fashion to fill up the jails down there. We were not going to bail out. We were going to stay in as long as we could stay in and still file an appeal. And that turned out to be 40 days and 40 nights. Terry Gross asked if the jails wanted them out. And Mr. Farmer said yes. They quickly found out that we were not going to bail out right away, and then what they wanted to do was to make it so uncomfortable for us that we'd wished we had never come and we'd stop others from coming. They did not physically beat us, although they tried once at one place, and that backfired because I got one young man bailed out and he called the FBI and he also held a press conference, so that stopped the physical brutality. But they did such things as putting so much salt in the food that we couldn't eat it. Many of us were chain smokers, and we were denied any cigarettes, but the guards would walk by our cells, puffing on cigarettes and blowing the smoke into our cells at great length. 
We were students or readers. They denied us any newspapers or any books, refused to let any come in, refused to let us have any paper or any pencils to do any writing whatsoever. He said, I have to laugh when I think of this. One freedom writer was complaining that this deputy who was in charge of the guards always called us boy, you boys. He said, why does he always call us boy? We're men. I think we ought to refuse to answer until he calls us men. Another one reminded him that this was just a custom down south and he didn't mean anything derogatory by it. So this fellow said, I think I'll ask him. He called Deputy Tyson. He said, Deputy Tyson, what? He said, do you mean anything derogatory when you call us boy? Deputy Tyson said, I don't know nothing about no rogatory. All I know is if you boys don't stop that singing, you're going to be singing in the rain. And then somebody started singing. This, I should mention, is another thing that they were doing in the jails, refusing to leave, making a point, and singing. And singing really irritated the guards. Well, when they started singing, Mr. Farmer said, they pulled in the high-pressure fire hose and washed us all down with it. We tumbled over, and everything was floating in the water in our cells. One of the Freedom Riders then yelled, Deputy Tyson, next time you're going to do that, bring us some soap so we can take a shower. I should mention that Mr. Farmer was chuckling at this memory. And it is inspiring to hear that people who have done this groundbreaking work and these brave things have such an enormous sense of humor about the things they do to make life better for other people. This is, if you're just tuning in, the 50th anniversary. This week is the 50th anniversary of when the first group of Freedom Riders left Washington, D.C. to challenge racial segregation on interstate buses and in bus terminals. And the music you just heard a moment ago was by Lewis Jordan, and there's a fellow with a lot to say and a terrific sense of humor. And this is a song that is about food, which is near and dear to my heart. This is a show about food. Uh, This is also... A meal with a message. You'll know what I mean in a second if you haven't heard this before. Lewis Jordan. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread. Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans Beans knocked cornbread out of sight. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'll be ready. Cornbread, you ain't straight. Bean. You better wake up or I'll gas you gate. Bean. Been in this pot since half past two. Bean. Swelling and puffing and almost due. Bean. I'll be ready. I'll be ready That's what bees do, Cornbread. Always get mad at me. Bean. I ain't mad at you. Cornbread by the toe. Beans said, Cornbread, let me go. Cornbread said, I'll lay you low. I'm gonna fight you, you so and so. Meet me on the corner. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. That's what Beans said, Cornbread. You're so bad. You always wanna fight. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. And I'm gonna beat the devil out you. Said I'm almost dead. Beans, Beans told Conrad, get up, man. Beans. You know that we go hand in hand. Beans and Conrad, Beans and Conrad, hand in hand. Beans. That's what Beans said to Conrad. We should stick together, hand in hand. We should 
Thank you, Louis Jordan. And thank you to people who have made it easier for other people with their sacrifices to, to do the things that they have the right to do. Simple pursuit of happiness, eating food, and sharing with other people. Now, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a quarter to seven. And we're going to take just a little break for a little message here. This programming is brought to you by Yep Rock Records and Greg Brown, who is appearing on Friday, May 6th at The Ark. Greg's new album, Freak Flag, is available at Barnes & Noble or online at barnesandnoble.com. If you're falling, if you're falling, fall on me. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Now, we've been to Salt Pork, West Virginia on this show, and something I found very interesting is that salt played a very important part in the independence movement in India. That's something I did not know before. And it's hard on a half-hour show to cover so many big issues in, in a complete way, but here's a snapshot. Now, this I got from Wikipedia. Um, An important part of the Indian independence movement was the Salt Satyagraha, which began with the Dandi March on March 12, 1930. It was a campaign of nonviolent protest against the British salt monopoly in colonial India and triggered the wider civil disobedience movement. Mahatma Gandhi led a 24-day, 240-mile march to produce salt without paying the tax, and growing numbers of Indians joined him along the way. When Gandhi broke the salt laws on April 6th, it sparked large-scale acts of civil disobedience against the British Raj salt laws by millions of Indians. The campaign had a significant effect on changing world and British attitudes toward Indian independence and caused large numbers of Indians to join the fight for the first time. After making salt at Dandi, Gandhi continued southward along the coast, producing salt and addressing meetings along the way. The effort against the salt salt tax continued for almost a year, ending with Gandhi's release from jail and negotiations with Viceroy Lord Irwin at the Second Roundtable Conference. Over 80,000 Indians were jailed as a result of the salt satyagraha. However, it failed to result in major concessions from the British. Now, that is the beginning of an independence movement right there again. Uh... apologize that it's not a complete story by any means, but that is a snapshot of the beginning of a very important independence movement and a connection to food. We are all connected to food, aren't we? And in fact, Mahatma Gandhi was a major influence on Mr. James Farmer, who we heard so much about just a moment ago. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is Mike. Ann Arbor will help us to face the music in just a moment. Now, there's some news I want you to know about, about Mark's carts. We had uh, the fellow from Mar- Mark himself, Mark Hodesh, from downtown Home and Garden on the show just a few weeks ago. He is creating an outdoor food courtyard, and after the weather kind of put a delay on things, it's going to debut this Monday. I saw this in an article by Janet Miller at AnnArbor.com. They're going to be outdoor food carts behind downtown Home and Garden, It's going to be in a fenced area off of West Washington Street between South 1st Street and North Ashley Street. And eventually, Mr. Hodesh says he'd like to have 10 carts. At this point, uh, there are seven, and and it's possible not all of them will be up and running on Monday, he says, but they will be very soon. Just some of the people providing this food at these carts include Humble Hogs. That's a food cart operation from the Houston area. Moving to Ann Arbor to feature 
pork and beans, head cheese hoagies, and more. I'm going to say that again. Head cheese hoagies, just because you got to say it. Head cheese hoagies. Now, there's also people's pierogi. So there's hoagie and pierogi. Yes. With homemade pierogi with traditional fillings such as potato and cheese and with experimental fillings, it says here. This is Experimental Radio, and we are all about experimental fillings. Also, San Street, featuring Asian street food. Eat with a menu that features locally sourced sliders. Sourced sliders, experimental fillings, it's just all good to say. And maybe even something you may want to put in your mouth. Mark's Carts is going to be debuting this Monday. And something else that you need to know about the world around us. Something you need to know, as a matter of fact. If you've played the video game, it's not really a video game, is it? It's it's called Farmville. If you play Farmville, like many people I know, it's an opportunity to computer-wise, imagination-wise, create your own farm, decide what animals you're going to have on the farm, what kind of plants you're going to have. Millions and billions of millions of people play this. Well, here's something you should know. This is from the BBC. A national trust farm is to be run by online subscribers voting on which crops to grow and livestock to rear. This is in real life. For a 30-pound annual fee, 10,000 farm followers will help manage Wimpole Home Farm in Cambridgeshire. Wimpole. I like to say that. Wimpole. The National Trust says its My Farm Project aims to reconnect people with where their food comes from. It was partially inspired by the online Facebook game Farmville, and it follows the example of the Ebbsfleet Football Club, which is run on the same basis. Decisions about the running of the team in Kent has been in the hands of my football club subscribers since 2008. Now, Wimpole Home Farm is converting to organic, and it's currently commercially self-sustaining. The site is home to rare breeds of sheep, cattle, poultry, horses, and goats, and produces meat, eggs, wheat, and oil seed. Subscribers will be expected to make key decisions on which crops to plant, which animals to buy, and whether to put in measures such as new hedgerows to help wildlife. The online subscribers will be asked to make 12 major monthly decisions during the course of the year, as well as other choices. The National Trust says that this is the UK's biggest farmer, with 200,000 hectares in production, mostly managed by tenant farmers, including lowland arable farms and Snowdonia sheep farming. Snowdonia. I, I feel like we're talking about Fredonia and the Marx Brothers, but Snowdonia is apparently a real word. Look it up on the BBC. So, Wimpole Home Farm, which features Snowdonia sheep farming, I love this, Will is seeking online farmers for a £30 annual fee. I don't know if they, they convert that from dollars, but W-I-M-P-O-L-E, Wimpole Home Farm, wants you. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and Lewis Jordan wants you, too, because he's doing, what is it? The Barnyard Boogie? Okay, then.
barnyard pen, quack, quack, said the duck, won't you let me in? Cluck, 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 said the little red hen, let's boogie in the barnyard. Bad, bad, said the sheep from another pole, moo, moo, said the cow, let the butter roll. Cluck, 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 said the little red hen, let's boogie in the barnyard. Yes, the barnyard was jumping, everybody having their flame. Even old MacDonald had to do a little Connie swing. Stop me, I said the cat, now please don't stop. Cluck, 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 said the little red hen, let's boogie in the barnyard. Mr. Lewis Jordan, thank you again. You know what? I think we're going to play nothing but Lewis Jordan for the next 10 days. Well, maybe not. But wouldn't it be fun? That was uh, Mr. Lewis Jordan and Beans and Cornbread. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Mentioning once again, this is the 50th anniversary. It was 50 years ago yesterday that the first group of Freedom Riders left Washington, D.C. to challenge racial segregation on interstate buses and in bus terminals and in restaurants in, in these terminals as well. Now, a fellow called and mentioned, now, today is the 50th anniversary of the moment when uh, Mercury astronaut Alan Shepard blasted off into space, the first American going into space 50 years ago today. A caller mentioned, thank you, what was his, what was his, um, what is his rocket spaceship called? It was called Freedom 7. Very appropriate. Thank you for listening to Pandora's Lunch. Barks Arwolf will here to help us, will here be to face the help us music in moments a second and then sentences will be completed now we're gonna go with just a thought here because lewis jordan would you believe has another song that's very important here he does have a lot of very important songs but here's some news there was a 500 year old grapevine in austria that was vandalized this is sounding pretty awful already i think doesn't that sound awful somebody vandalized a grapevine in austria but the great news from the associated press is vintners say the grapevine has survived vandalism, and it's setting out, sending out new shoots after being hacked into pieces two months ago. The vine is a great—oh, get this. The vine is a grape-great-grandparent. Not to be confused with the great grape ape. This is a grape-great-grandparent of the popular Gruner Veltliner. And the website of state broadcaster ORF quoted Vintner saying the stem has recently begun sending out new shoots and the vine could bear grapes again within three years. After its discovery east of Vienna 11 years ago, experts sur- surmised that the vine had been crossed with the Traminer grape centuries ago that produced the first drops of the acidic and tangy Gruner Veltliner, the cult wine known as 
Groovy in the United States. It is indeed Groovy. Thank you for listening. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And here's the thing about Lewis Jordan. He, he What he's got to say is, what's the use of getting sober when you're going to get drunk again? You know what I'm saying? This is not a message for the children listening. Thank you. to your old pappy. Yes, yes, pappy. And stop drinking so much. But I do so much drinking. Shut up, boy. You drink all day and you drink all night and son, you know that that ain't right. Well, well, pappy, you just give me a chance. I can... Shut up, boy. Boy, you're looking thin as a twig. Look like to your dear old pappy you're about to blow your wig. I ain't gonna blow my wig, pappy. What's the use of getting sober when you're gonna get drunk again? Old Sam done something fine when he brought back good whiskey, beer and wine. I love my whiskey and I love my gin Every time you see me, I'm in my sin What's the use of getting sober When you're gonna get drunk again I went out last night about half past one thought I'd hoop it up a little bit, you know, and have a little fun. I got me a half a pint, about half past two. Mm, mm, mm. The way I was feeling, you know what I want to do. I got me a pint, about half past four. Felt so good till I went out and got me some more. I got me a quart about half past five. Mm, mm, mm. Boy, that was so nice. I didn't know what I did alive. So, what's the use of getting sober when you're gonna get drunk again? I've been thinking, but I keep drinking. I get It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement broadcasting from high atop the basement of the Student Activities Hotel on the campus of the University of Michigan. This is Experimental Experiential Radio. It's run by students with lots of community involvement. That's where jokers like Mike Perini and myself come in. This evening, I thought that Face the Music should take the form of a ritualistic presentation of humanitarian meditations. 
given what's going on in current events. I sense a lot of uh, divisive chatter going on. And so we just thought that we'd open this up and lay some things down, uh, some, some of it layered. Very little of it, uh, very little, if any, announcing over the next hour. I'd like to open with Blind Willie Johnson. This is called When the War Was On. Uh, let's see, keywords, peace and love. Just about a few years, some months ago, 